prayer. And how really prayer is just God wants to, he's a personal God. And as a personal God, he wants to know you. He wants to spend time with you personally, like, like any relationship. And uh, so we, we're, we're called to take time away to get alone with him and, and have conversation. And we talked about what that should look like. We should have a time where we acknowledge who he is, that he is the creator of all things, that he is God, God, he's king of kings. Then we should submit our lives to him. And we, we submit to his authority, not my will be done, God, but, but your will. And then finally, we have a time where we do bring our requests before him. We, we, we share with him. We talk to him about the things that we would like to see in our life, but it's all under his submission. So this week, we're going to talk about studying God's word and, and the practice and discipline of studying God's word. Now, if you're with us on the series and you've got the book and you've been doing your reading or whatever, you know there's memory verses, so we're starting each one of these weeks off with the memory verse. So if we could put Hebrews up. You have it written out? Do we have the memory verse written out? There it is. So if we're just going to read this together. You can read it out loud with me. We'll get, start now. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. So as I've kind of said, I encourage you at the very least maybe just to take time to meditate on the memory verse every week. It's a great way to get started. But for today, we are going to now talk about what does that mean and how do we study God's word. So let's pray and we'll jump in. God, uh, I just thank you for this time where we come together to study your word, um, to have it revealed to us, to to know you better. Um, God, as we get into this, I just pray that you would speak to us through your spirit um, and that we would have maybe an interest peaked um, to to get more into your word, more than maybe we already are, um, to understand it better, to have it have it speak into our lives uh, in a real and personal way. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. You know, one of the things with, when anytime we're going through things like that, it's, it's really easy to walk out and just feel like, oh, the pastor just beat us up. We don't do this enough. Whatever it is that we're talking about, we don't do it enough. We, okay, I, I, I get it. I'm really bad. Thank you very much. I needed that again to, to remember that. I, and I don't want you to think that. That's not the point of this. It's not to, to beat ourselves up. It's not to say, oh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm such a horrible person or I'm such a bad Christian or what. We all can always grow a little bit. And at the same time, I want to encourage you. I mean, I. <coughs> This is an area that I've actually been excited because I've seen a lot of different people in our church growing in this and in their desire to know God's word. I, I get to the opportunity to see different people throughout the week and, and knowing that I, I know that there are some of you that you meet with someone, uh, whether it be one-on-one or in groups of two or three, and you actually read through sections of the Bible together to try to understand it better and, and maybe get some coaching and, and teaching in it. Um, the, I, I've, I've seen people coming to me lately and asking questions about what certain passages mean or, or, or even where they should be reading and that kind of thing. So, so that's awesome, and that's really encouraging to me because it, it means that you guys are taking it upon yourselves to, to get into the Word and, and understand it 
on your own rather than just relying on teaching. You know, the um, Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we are not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And, and reading the Bible is, on a regular basis is definitely a non-conforming practice. Uh, our, we do not live in a world that reads the Bible. Um, so so you, you are practicing that scripture out if, you, if you're someone who is partaking in that, of, of trying to set aside a little time to read God's word. And you're definitely moving towards that renewing of your mind that happens when we do that. Um, so I, I just want you to be encouraged. I, de- I definitely don't want you to leave on these weeks just feeling down about who you are. I want you to be encouraged because we are God's children and God wants his children um, to be encouraged to grow, not, not to, be, to feel how that, that they just are never going to measure up. So we want God's word to make a difference in our life. If, that's, if we want his word to make a difference in our life, the reality is, I think most of us would agree, whether or not we're doing it or not, that we have to read it, right? If it's going to make a difference in our life, we, we have to, to read it. We can't, it can't impact our life if we don't take the time to read it. We need to familiarize ourselves with the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> I had a conversation last week. Some of you might know Mark and Kat, and I had, it was really neat. I was talking with Kat in the uh, library, I mean, in the um, lobby last week, and I was looking at her Bible. She brings her Bible to church with her every week, and, and it has those tabs in it. I don't know if you've seen those. If you haven't seen those, they're a great way, if you're not familiar with your Bible, to, to familiarize yourself, because it's helping her learn where different books of the Bible were, and she was really excited because she was saying how, yeah, well, like a year ago, I couldn't find anything, and now I can find different parts of the Bible, and so I mean, to, to watch her start to, to familiarize herself with it was great. I don't know if you know, but that's one of the reasons why with most of the Bible passages, we don't put the words on the screen. We do with the memory verse, but we don't with any of the other passages. Why? Because we want you to engage with God's word. We want you to learn how to find things in God's word. We want you to, to, to look it up yourself. The reality is if it's on the screen, unless you are just super type A person, you're not going to look it up on your own. Right? You're going to just rely on up there. We could totally lie to you and put stuff up there, and you'd go, yeah, that's from the Bible. Right? Um, but because it, I know I would. I, would I, wouldn't, I wouldn't look it up. If you had it up there, I'd go, okay, great, it's right there. But we want you to open your own Bibles. We want you to be able to, maybe there's a verse that speaks to you, and we want you to, to be able to highlight that and mark it in your, your Bible for, for later reference and that kind of thing. So that's a tool, um, a coaching tool for you that hopefully you are taking advantage of. So having said all that, why do we read our Bibles? What's the, what's the point in reading our Bibles? Let's, let's just look at five. There's, there's many, but let's look at at least five key reasons. Number one, reading the Bible shows us God's character. When we read the Bible, we see who God is. Right? If we're supposed to know God... We need to know who he is. We don't just get to make up who God is. Did you know that? We, we do. Most of us, we, no matter who you, no matter even how much you read the Bible, we still kind of have our own view of God. Just like um, I, I might be friends with you, and, but my view of you is not a, still exactly who you are, right? You're, you're still a little bit different than I see you and know you. But, but there's still, God still represents himself. He, he is very clear about who he is. We don't just get to make it up. But the reality is that's what most of us do. If we don't read God's word, our view of God is just 
who we make him up to be. Now, if there is a God, and if you've been around here very long, you've heard someone said this to me years ago, it impacted my life. They said, you know, if there is no God, then it doesn't matter, really. You can make him up, you can do whatever you want with him, you, you, could, you, know, you can do whatever you want in your life. If there's no God, it really doesn't matter. Do what you want. But if there is a God, then really nothing else matters. And that impacted me. I remember that, that made a huge difference in my life because I, I got to a place where I, I, there, it was impossible for me not to believe in God. I'd studied sciences and all those things to, enough to see that there were still enough holes that regardless of what you wanted to believe, it was hard for me not to at least say, okay, there is a God, there's a creator. So if there is, then it seems like it would be really important to kind of do my best to know who he says he is. Well, guess what? One of the main ways we can do that is through the Bible. We don't just get to make it up. So <coughs> Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, I'm not going to read all these verses. A lot of these are for you to look up. But in that passage, it basically tells us that the Bible reveals to us who Jesus is and, and that he, his words give us, give us the picture of God, the whole Godhead, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we read the word to understand who God is. Second, reading the Bible teaches us to imitate God. Ephesians 5.1 tells us, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children. See, we're supposed to follow the example of God. How do you follow the example of God if you don't know his example? There again, if you've been around a while, I've talked about these, the what would Jesus do bracelets, right? Remember those? I used to hate those. Why? Because everyone wore the bracelets. No one ever read God the word. Right? And I'm like, how do you know what Jesus would do? You have no idea what Jesus would do because you've never read what Jesus would do. And as far as I know, you're not hanging out with him on a regular basis. So, so we can't, it doesn't matter what we want to do. If we want to imitate Christ, we have to know what Christ says and how he lived. And you, we, that, the way we learn that is through the reading of the word. Number three, reading the Bible helps us to renew our minds. Reading the Bible help us, helps us to renew our minds so we can grow in God's will. I already referred to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, when we read God's word, it transforms our mind into God's mind. Because the reality is, we've got so many messages telling us exactly opposite of God in this world. Think about that. I would do an exercise someday. Do an exercise someday of everything you hear, listen to, see, whatever, that teaches you a message opposite of what God would say whether it be through movies or TV, books, the news, whatever it is. We are constantly getting bombarded with messages that are completely opposite of what God wants. So we need to renew our minds on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but I need to renew my mind moment by moment. I can have a, uh, have a time where I feel completely 
just just filled with the spirit of spirit and and I like my old mindset is put away and I, I really get, begin to see something as, as Christ sees it and I walk out or I, and I watch the news for five minutes or whatever and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I hate them. You know, and it's just so easy to get caught up in, in the attitudes of this world. We need to constantly be renewing our mind. <clears throat> Number four, reading the Bible allows us to be certain of what God said. Reading the Bible allows us to be certain of what God said. The Bible is the final authority. The Bible is the final authority. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We need to be sanctified by the truth. And here's where you, you need to understand. If you're, if you're coming to Mountain View, one thing you need to understand, we stand on that we believe the Bible is the word of God. We don't believe the Bible is one of many great spiritual books. We don't believe that there's some really good stuff in the Bible if you weed through the rest of it. We, 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 don't, we don't believe that. We believe that the Bible is God's word. And you will not, not every church will say that now anymore. We, we believe it's God's word. And if you need some understanding of why we believe that, it's not by blind faith. I, I, I don't believe anyone that tells you that you should believe everything by faith blindly. And if you need... If you need to ask questions or need to do research that, it's, that that's a lack of faith, that's not, that's, that's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. Well, there's, some, there's evidences of why we believe it. Uh, we've, if you need to hear some of that, you can go back and listen to the Easter message from this last year that we, we go through some of that. There's different messages we have that go into the details of the, the evidences of, of the Bible that are not even, they're extra biblical evidences. But... We stand on that. So if the Bible is the final authority, we, we need to look at it. See, you can come and listen to teaching and preaching by myself or Josh or Mike or whoever we have up here, and, and you're going to get the truth, but you're going to get the truth mixed with our personality. You're going to get the truth mixed with our backgrounds, with, with our opinions, and, and there's, I'm not saying that that's bad, but that shouldn't be the only place where we get the truth. You, we need to get the truth directly from God's word. You can, you can get, go to your friends for counsel, and they can be very wise friends. And you're still not always going to get the truth. You're going to get their opinion on things. I have people come for, to me for counsel all the time. And there are sometimes I literally will specifically say, hey, this is ju- I'm just going to give you my opinion. right? And you need to know this is my opinion. Please don't just say, this is what I need to do. Because I, sometimes people just they take an opinion and they go, well, that's what I need to do. The truth comes in God's word. So I encourage you, read our Bible. Number five. Reading the Bible gives us courage to live fruitful lives. Joshua 1, 8 through 9 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When we read God's word, we're reminded that God is with us wherever we go. Do you notice that he commands them to not, to not be discouraged? He commands them to be strong and courageous. We're called to be strong and courageous in our lives. 
But it's hard to do that when we're constantly being told we don't measure up, that we can't do it, that, that, that the world is constantly telling us we're on our own. God's word will give you strength to be strong and courageous, to live out the life he calls you to live. So, <clears throat> there's some whys to reading the Bible. Those are just a few. But I think it's important, if we're going to talk about doing some of these practices, we, we, if you're not already convinced, we, we, you need some, sometimes a reminder about, why should I do it? Okay, great, you're going to tell me to do it, but what, what's the point? What, what's, what am I going to get from it? I, and hopefully that's just a few things that you can understand that you get from reading God's Word. But you know, we have to do more than just read it. We have to do more than just read it. We have to study it. That's why the title today is called Study the Word, God's Word. Because there's a difference in reading and studying something. You ever read something and like literally like you could just ask yourself what you just read and you can't remember what you read at all? You know, I, I do that all the time. I read something like I, I wasn't even focused on what I was reading at all. We're not called to read God's Word that way. We're called to study it. You know, my wife loves to read, um, and she's very busy, so she doesn't get a chance to do that often. But about three or four times a year, she'll just kind of devour a novel, right? And she'll, she'll sit, take a day and a half to a week, depending on her schedule, and she'll just kind of go through a novel. And, uh, and she, she reads like 50, 55 pages of an hour when she does that. And I don't know, maybe to you, and that's not that fast, you're fast. But I don't read those kind of books. I don't... I, I can watch the movie in two hours, so I don't understand the point. But, <clears throat> but um, and she gets mad at me when I say that. But, um, I do, but I do do a lot of reading. But I don't do the kind of reading that you just read to kind of get through it and, and get the imagination going. I, I read books that I study. You know, So when I read those books... I can't read, i like, how do you read 50 pages an hour? I can't do that. I, and, she, and she says, it's because you're reading, because you're really trying to get something out of every single thing that you're reading. And there's, there's a difference in how we read. If you're, don't just try to speed read the Bible, right? I'm, I mean, there's a place for that. If you've never read your Bible and you're like, you know, I just want to at least have an understanding of the whole thing. There's a place for saying, hey, I'm going to go through the Bible in a year or a few months or whatever. That's what I did. When I first became a Christian, um, really before I did become a Christian, I, I, I took three months and I just said, I'm going to read the whole Bible. I'm going to read it and at least get, uh, have an understanding and write down a bunch of questions. And I spent quite a bit of time doing that. But, but we're called to study it. And I understand that most of you don't have time to say, okay, well, I'm going to study the Bible for an hour and a half every day I, when we get that. But... But I, th I think it's the, it's the idea of what is the difference between just going through something and actually trying to get something out of it. So, so I just want to kind of have you grasp this real quick. We, we've become a needs-based, I mean a knowledge-based society, right? It, we have knowledge at our, at our fingertips all the time. Last night I was with, um, we, uh, with a few of the guys uh, having a poker night, and we kept getting into these debates about old bands, right, of like, well, who played with them for guitar, but, you know, what, or how many albums did they, and, and, you know, used to be for 15 years ago, you would argue about that stuff for 10, 15 minutes, and then you'd move on to something else, right, because no one knows the answers, we're not going to be able to, now we just Google it, right, and we can solve it all right there, like in 30 seconds. <clears throat> we, it, it's knowledge, we, we call knowledge power in our culture, and I would encourage you, that's not necessarily the way we're supposed to read the Bible, 
Because that knowledge doesn't necessarily help you. I've known people that they could win Bible trivia games all day long, and they look less like Jesus than anyone I know. They're the most arrogant, prideful, angry, bitter people I've ever met in my life, but they know the Bible. Right? So knowing all of it isn't necessarily the answer. It's the idea of studying it for it to change your life. To study it for it to make a difference, for, to renew you. And so the way that happens is through three things. Do we have that graph? Do you have a circle graph? It's through knowledge, coaching, and experience. And when all three of those things come together, that's when we grow. When we bring knowledge, coaching, and experience together. Let me, let me give you my point. It's, it's uh, Super Bowl season, right? I know some guys, I like football, but I can talk about football for about 10 minutes, right? And I watch football, but I just, I, you know, I like watching the games, I like a good game, I like the drama of it, I like the hits, I like a little bit of it, but, but I don't know that much. I know guys that can talk football for an hour and a half and they just got started, right? They have all the knowledge in the world, but there's a reason they're sitting on a couch eating Cheetos, right? Instead of in the game. Because they don't have the coaching or the experience. You, you can read and study something all the time, but it doesn't make you good at it. You, you've got to do some other things. Look, think about golf. You, you can read about golf all day. Does that make you a good golfer? Nope. Right? Golf is a, a really frustrating sport, right? Those are very few people get very good at this. But you can read about it and, and, and study it all day long. It doesn't make you make you're gonna mean you're going to be a good golfer. But say you got the golfing, you did the reading, you got all the knowledge, and then you went and got a personal coach. And that personal coach helps you with your swing and, and your timing and your, your body weight rhythm and the way you hold the club and, and all the different things. Well, you're going you're gonna to get better. But what's then the next thing that's really going to, propel you to become a great golfer, getting the experience, right? You have to put all three of them together if you're going to grow. You can't just have the one. Now, on the other hand, I could get the experience all day long. I could go golf once a month for the rest of my life and be a worse golfer when I, at the end than I did the day I started. Because what I did is I just started making bad habits muscle memory, right? I just committed really bad habits, to, to, and, and, I, and I never did anything to change it, right? So experience by itself doesn't necessarily make you wiser. I know people with a lot of experience that are really unwise, right? If you don't learn from it, it doesn't help you one bit. You're just, you're just as dumb and, and have more mistakes. That, that's, all that, that's all that happens. <coughs> it all three has to come together. So when we read God's word, it's important to do all three. And that's why it's important not to just try to speed through God's word. Because you're really not going to be able to chew on it and meditate on it and get, dig deep into it. We have what we call sermon-based small groups in our church. One of the main reasons we do that, a lot of people are like, well, we want to study our own thing and that kind of thing. Great, then go do it somewhere. Do it, just it's not going to be what we do as a church. That's fine. We're not opposed to you doing that. But the reason we do that is because, see, you're getting some knowledge right now, but you're not getting really any coaching or experience. See, when you get the coaching in your groups, 
of now you're talking it through and you're asking questions and you're digging deeper and, and, you're, and you're saying, okay, I got this point, but I don't understand this point. And then you have someone helping you and saying, you know what, how are we applying this in our life? Now you're actually growing on something. See, we live in a society that, did you know in some countries they still can't get the Bible? You know that? They still can't get the Bible. And yet they're sh- the, these people are hungry for the word and they're growing and they're, they're Christians that are, that are flourishing. Because every once in a while they get little bits of the Bible and they read it and they memorize it. And, and it's dear to them. We live in a country where you, you, can, get, I, you can get your Bible on here, on your phone. On, you, you, you can have 45 versions of your Bible. We have all the study tools in the world. Utah is, not, is a little different than most states because we only have one. But there's a Christian bookstore down in Salt Lake where you can get all sorts of Christian books. You can order them online. You can read, you can read and get all the knowledge in the world and still be just as bad a Christian as you were the day you started. Why? Because, see, we, know, we have a society that isn't... Our problem is not that we are stunted because of lack of a knowledge. Our problem is we're stunted because all we do is take in the knowledge, and we don't take time to stop and apply. So I would encourage you, if you're someone who's saying, well, I go to Sunday and I get this, and then I'm reading this book for my women's group, and I'm reading this book for my own, and I do this diverse devotional, and I do... Stop. Stop all that. Take some time and take one little nugget and focus on it and get down and study it and figure out how to grow and be better in that one thing. Focus. Focus. So that is why we have coaching as our three C's. If you've been a part of this church very long, you've heard the three C's. That's connecting. We want you to be connected to the body of Christ. Coaching, we want to coach you to grow in a relationship with Christ. And challenge, we want to challenge you to grow Christ's kingdom. And that happens through the coaching. So we have coaching opportunities. Our community groups is one of those many opportunities. Our next steps class is one of those opportunities. We're starting a class that's in your bulletin um, on financial peace in just a couple weeks. Or just two weeks? Okay, three weeks, financial peace. Amy and Evan are, are going to lead that. I encourage you, take that class. That will, that will coach you on how to be a steward in a way and give you peace in your finances. It, it'll, it'll change your, your mentality. We, we constantly want to offer things like this to coach us to grow in our walk with Christ. So let's look at how we do that. One, when you read God's word, be intentional. Be intentional. Um, 2 Timothy 2.15. You might want to turn for this one. This is a, one you might want to even uh, highlight in your Bible. It says this, 2 Timothy 2.15. says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Look at that first part. Do your best. Do your best to present yourself to God. Don't just kind of haphazardly do it. Don't just kind of go, hey, yeah, you know, I just kind of go through it and I get there. Do your best. That word do your best is in the Greek is spadauso. And it, it literally means to work with diligence or intense effort. Work with intense effort to present yourself to God is one who does not be, need to be ashamed and correctly handle the word of truth. So we need to be intentional about how we read the Bible. 
I uh, had a experience my early days as a pastor. Um, some friends of mine started reading this book, Conversations with God, and they started telling me about it. And you may have heard of it. Um, and they started telling me all about it. And you, could, and you could tell they were really excited about it. And it had some things. I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. I get. But the more they started talking about it, I was like, well, wait a second, wait a second. That, that doesn't sound right. And so looked into it, and I finally had to pull up John 4.1 with them. And it says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And kind of say, look, this, this, this guy has some things to say. I hear what he's saying. But if, if you looked at what he said, everything took the power of Christ away. It was all about the power of ourselves. And it had nothing to do with the power of Christ in our lives. So I don't know if you, if you know that book or are familiar with it, but I would, if, you, if you liked it, I would encourage you to really look at that. See, a lot of times when we read God's word, we're not intentional. We're kind of like the alcoholic. You ever heard about the alcoholic on a Friday night? He was trying to... He was trying to keep from going out and partying that Friday, and you know, so he, you know, counseled him. Well, you know, you should just at least seek the counsel of God's word. So he, he, he's praying that Friday night, and he says, "Okay, I'm just, I'm gonna read the Bible." And so he decides he's just gonna do one of these, you know, the fortune cookie reading your Bible. You close your eyes and you open it, and you point to the verse. Anyone guilty of that? I did that a couple times. So. He does, he does that, and he, and he points down, and he turns to, to Luke 12, 19, and it says, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> right? So you see, it doesn't work that way. The Bible isn't a fortune cookie. You don't, you, it does, you don't just like randomly just open things up. We, we can make the Bible say whatever we want if we read it that way. Be intentional about it. Second, read the Bible every day. Read the Bible every day. Joshua 1.8 said, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Yeah, you ever, you ever watch those videos where the, they interview college students about like, who won the Civil War, or who did we fight the Civil War against, and they have no idea, or, you know, who's the vice president, and they, you're like, oh my gosh, we're paying for these guys to go to college. That's why we shouldn't be. Don't pay for them. Make them pay for it themselves. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, I'm not kidding either. Um, <coughs> um, but but my, my uh, I wonder what kind of answers they'd get if they interviewed Christians coming out of church about the Bible. Right? You know, people, they're there every week, but if they said, hey, can you tell me about how many Christians could, could, how many Christians would even be able to name the Ten Commandments? Or be able to, to, you know, talk about who Moses was or Noah was or why they were even important. We need to, we need to be in it and read it daily. Next, study the Bible accurately. Study it accurately. This is where coaching comes in. Right? If you have questions, you're confused, that's where, you, where if you're in a community group, you have a place you can go and talk to people. You can ask questions. I, we, uh, Ashley Shellerius is teaching an Old Testament class. Great class, because a lot of people are confused by the Old Testament. Eight weeks, you get a good round, at least understanding of what the whole point of the Old Testament is. Take, take, some, take advantage of some of these classes. 
But some questions just for you to ask yourselves when you're reading your Bible. If you're, if you're like, I don't even know where to start when I'm reading, I get confused. Ask yourself these questions and take the time to look them up. One, who was it written to? What I'm reading, who was it written to? And then two, what was, what was he saying to them? What was the author trying to get across to them? And sometimes you can't understand that by just reading the three verses. You've got to read that chapter at least, you know? You've got to get the context. And finally, then what does it mean to be? See, you can't start with what does it mean to me. You've got to ask what was the original intent of this, of the, this writing. Another way to look at it is asking yourself who, what, when, where, why, and how about, it, about what you're reading in the Bible. That'll help you study accurately. And then finally, apply the Bible. This is where the experience comes in. We need to get in the practice of applying the Bible. James 1, 21 through 22 says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Right? Can you imagine looking at yourself in the mirror and noticing you had a little something right here and then just walking out in the middle of the room? Right? No, you wouldn't do that. Right? You'd get rid of that. <laughs> right? you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put it. But a lot of times that's what we do with the Bible. We read it and we go, oh, that's good. And then we don't do anything to apply it. We need, to, we need to apply God's word. Look at it in a way to try to understand it in the things that are, you're dealing with in your life. And the Bible needs to be more than just encouraging things that are on our walls and journals and Facebook posts. It, it needs to be something we apply. You know, in my marriage, <clears throat> I had to learn to deal with being married. And I had a, and you know, I mean, that's something we all have to do. But I know like a verse that helped me, Colossians 3, 12 through 13, early on in my marriage, I put this to practice. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and bear with each other and forgive one another if you have any grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I thought, you know what? I'm better at that with other people than I am with my wife. And I had to learn to make sure I practiced that on a daily basis. And I got that into my head to do so with my wife. And it's made a huge impact on my marriage. As a pastor, I have a verse I turn to a lot. Colossians 2, verse 2 through 3 says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures and wisdom and knowledge. See, as a pastor, that's something I turn to regularly to remind me why I do what I do so that I can keep applying that and keep that focus. I'll close with this. These are not principles and, and practices that we expect you to implement on your own. We understand this is hard to get in this habit, and that's why we want to coach you. That's why we want to offer things to help you grow. Take advantage of those things. Jump in, grab the tools that we're offering, like the Believe series and the storybook. That they, they can empower you. Jump into a community group. Start serving. You know when you serve in a ministry, one of our leaders takes you under their wing and you can go to them 
on a regular basis. If you serve in a children's ministry, you have Michelle's ear anytime you want. If you serve in the youth ministry, Josh will come right alongside you and walk you through stuff. If, if you serve in the uh, um, hospitality ministry, Larry or, and Mary, they, any one of them will be happy to just walk you through anything you're going through. Those are tools that we offer to help coach you. Take advantage of them. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for how I know in my own personal life it has helped me through so many things that on my own I wouldn't have the strength to go through. I pray that none of us leave here feeling beat up or feeling like, man, we just, I got to do so much more, but more, Father, that we just have the attitude of wanting to know you better, so taking time, even if it's five minutes a day, to just open your word and to start reading through it. I pray these things in your name. Amen.